Welcome. Today we're going to be talking about God's great love, his caring, his kindness, and his desire to give us peace and comfort in times of trouble. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for each and every one that's come this way. Lord, I just pray that you'll touch and bless each and every person here today, that you'll guide them and direct them to your peace, your love, and your caring. May you be with this message and may the words be your words. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Our scripture is found in Isaiah, the 40th chapter, verses 25 to 31. And the scripture says this, To whom then will ye liken me, or shall I be equal? Said the Holy One, lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speaketh, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, feigneth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall fail and faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So this section of Isaiah is a message just about comfort and peace. That's what it's all about. It also provides a revelation of God's character and his purpose for Israel and for us. The scripture will give us encouragement and strength and we'll understand how God will accept us. In verse 25, the scripture says, to whom then shall we liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One. So what is he talking about here? This is, comes down to the Holy One, it's short. It's a short title for God. Um, back in those days, it was a, a short-ended form of the Holy One of Israel. It was a common distinction for God at that time. If God is the holy above all idols, if God controls the weather, if God controls all things in humanity, there is not one aspect of our lives that God does not control. Without God, the earth would not function. We would not live. Who can compare to God? Who can do anything that God does? Who can keep the earth alive and functioning? 
No one. No one can do it. God is totally unique and incomparable. God is the only one that can do all these things. You see, God created all. So God knows all. God made it. And God keeps going. Doctors may think that they have saved a life. But what actually happened was God used them to save that life. All that we can do, all our talents, all the great things that we really are good at, we're only good at it because of God's grace and love. Without God, we can do nothing. Verse 26 says, Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by the number. He calleth them all by name, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. God's calling us to look up to, into the heavens. God directed Abraham to look into the sky. God directed Israel to look at the stars. God is directing us to look into the heavens. Why? For encouragement. The cosmos bear the witness of God's great power and his incomparable strength. Think of all that God created on this earth. What he created in the skies and the heaven. All the different planets, the stars, and all that goes on on those planets. God is stronger than anyone on earth. God is the strong one. And the strong one is able to strengthen those who are weak. Verse 27 says, Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speaketh, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Understanding at least somewhat of the greatness of God, understanding his great power, understanding his great knowledge, knowing that God knows everything, thinking of all his abilities, we should know that God knows all things. We can't hide something from him. And whatever happens in our life, God knows and sees it. So if we think that we're hiding something from God, this is presenting foolishness to the highest order. It's not the way things are. God knows everything. He knows every aspect of your life, every aspect of what's going on in your life. And he is there to help you, to guide you, and to get you through whatever the crisis may be. The New Living Translation says this. It makes it a little clearer, I think. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say that the God ignores your rights? Think about all that Jacob is going through. He did not see God's presence, which was raising questions. 
God, do you know what I'm going through? God, do you care what I'm going through? God, why don't you rescue me? And we can have the same questions. We can have problems. We can be sick. We can be hurting. We can be sad. We can be scared. And God doesn't appear to be there. We don't see him. It doesn't look like he's trying to help us. We're confused. Where is God? I'm hurting, Lord. You promised to help me. Yet I don't see you. Where are you hiding, Lord, in my time of trouble? What's the matter? Did I do something wrong? Verse 28 says, Has thou not known, has thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary? There is no searching of his understanding. Creation reveals God's power and wisdom. God is the creator of the past. He's the creator of the present. He's the creator of the future. And that future will be a world of righteousness, justice, and peace. Think about all that God has done to create this world. Think of our own human bodies. As we breathe, we take in oxygen. We get it down into our lungs. It gets into the lungs and it gets spread out throughout the body. The great design of God, we need that oxygen. Think about when we eat and we sit there and we will we'll take in the food and it gets into our stomach and goes into the digestive tract and it starts to tear that food apart. Our body is so smart. It's been created so well by our Lord and our Savior that it knows what vitamins to take out. Oh, here's vitamin A. We need some of that. Vitamin D, whatever it might be. God takes all the greatness that we need and puts it into our bodies to keep us going strong. This is God's creation. Just the fact that we're alive and able to walk around and think. God is just a wonderful God. In this verse, the Lord is saying to Israel and to us, I will never fail. I will never be weary of upholding the weakest of my people, helping them. I never get tired of your circumstances, nor do I grow uninterested in your affairs. On the contrary, I am far from failing in my action on your behalf. As we'll see in verse 29, I will give you strength and power. I'll give it to those who do not faint or give up on me. The strongest of men will grow weak. They'll grow feeble. Think of the strongman competitions. All they want to do is find out who can lift the most weight and who has the most endurance. And after the trophies have been won and the winners start to grow 
older and they will become weak. They will be feeble, but the great shepherd, our Lord will not. Our God is all powerful. His strength will never fail. It'll never fade. It'll never get weak. Never. Verse 29 says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increased their strength. The weak in this verse is referring to those who could be facing persecution, or to the sick, or anyone that has some sort of problem or difficulty. God is so far from being faint himself. He's not weak. He's not faint. And a matter of fact, he has abundant energy to give to anyone who is faint, to anyone who is weak, to anyone who's failing, to anyone who's ready to give up. Trust God. He'll give you the strength to keep going on. He only has one requirement. It's only for those who believe and trust in him. What a promise. If we believe in God, if we are faithful Christians, what a hope we have in that. And for those that don't know Christ, what a magnet to draw them to Christ. God will be with you in the time of trouble. Verse 30, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Even the most vigorous and powerful of men, the most healthy of people, the strongest in all the world, they will eventually fail. They'll faint. They'll grow weak. Our strength here on earth is limited. Even the strong men will be limited. And we will all be weak one day. But those who trust in the Lord will not fall. That's God's promise. We will become weak. But God will take care of us. He won't let us fall. He loves us too much. Just like the eagle soaring above in the sky. That's our symbol of strength here in America. This is a powerful reminder of the Exodus event of long ago. Remember? God freed the slaves. He gave them an exit route, an escape route. He parted the Red Sea so they could get away. He gave them water to drink. He fed them. He protected them. He gave them the shoes that would never grow old and wear out. Now the word wait in Hebrew 
refers to a binding together by twisting. As you bind materials together, they become stronger. It's the same principle as when you have rope. If you bind that rope or, or a cord together, it's going to become stronger. There is a central principle here. And that is that a patient, praying, believers are blessed by the Lord. With strength in their trials. Now this doesn't mean that uh, these trials will go away. Or everything will be perfect again. Sometimes we have to go through these struggles and difficulties. But what's going to happen here is God's going to give you peace to get through it. He's going to give you peace to get you through that in a whole different way. You know, if we don't have God and we do have God, we're going to have the same journey that we're going to have to travel. We can do it without God and then we just suffer the whole time through. Or we can come to God and God will give peace and that comfort that will give us that, that just a... a that we can't understand and great and mighty things are going to happen. The Lord expects his people to be patient. That's what the verse is telling them. And to wait for his coming, for his glory, at the end to fulfill his promises in the uh, second coming. And the second Corinthians 12 verse nine, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You see, God's gonna be walking through this time of trouble with us, our difficulty, our sickness. He's gonna be walking through it with us. And we should be walking with him. The sense of really waiting on the Lord, the sense of really waiting with the Lord, What should we be doing during that time? As we wait on God, what are we supposed to be doing? How does this happen? Do we just go to God in prayer and, and tell him, hey, I need to get healed. And Lord, when you decide to heal me, just let me know when you've answered this prayer. It could be anything. And just go on with our lives as we wait. We wait for God to contact us. No, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We should be consistently seeking his face. We should be consistently talking to him in prayer, consistently keeping our faith in him. We can do that by reading our Bibles and talking to him. We need to keep getting out to church, even though things may be difficult and whew, it's a difficult, hard time. We need to show our faith. We need to be trusting and believing in God, believing that he will accomplish all that he promises to do. This is how we become bonded together with him and we become stronger as we're twisted together with God. 
Now, and the other end of this is we need to carry out his will. We may be in this trial because of different things. Maybe we've done something wrong. Maybe we're getting off the road that God wants us on. Maybe he just wants to teach us something to build our faith. We don't really know. If we try to figure this out on our own, we will never know. And so we need to have a relationship with God. The problem is that this relationship with God often gets started when we have the trial, the tribulation, or the difficulty. When the pain starts, we go to God. What God's trying to tell us is that we need to have a relationship with him before the trial gets there so that we can hear his still small voice because that's the only way to know what God wants. That's the only way to be able to understand God. That's the only way to understand our trials and difficulties. And that's the only way to get out of them. We need to understand that God promises to give us strength through the journey in order that we may run and not be weary. That we'll have the strength to accomplish all that he wants to do. To hope in the Lord means to trust him completely with our lives. God's all-powerful. God is all-controlling. Every single thing that happens on this earth, God knows about. So to give him our lives is no real big thing. We need to serve him faithfully, as he's called us to do. How do we know how, what he's called us to do? We need to have that, that relationship that develops that still, small voice so that we can hear God speaking. We are to patiently wait for his promises and purposes to be fulfilled. What God is accomplishing in this trial, what he wants to accomplish. His promises may be, I mean, his purpose may be just to get us back on that right road, to teach us something. We have to be at that point where God's purpose is complete before we can move on out of the trial. Those who truly put their trust and their faith and their hope in God, when the trials come, they'll immediately turn to him quickly. They'll seek him saying, whoa, Lord, you have my answer as a source of help in the time of need. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be seeking out God. We need to be seeing God. We need to be embracing God. We need to be moving forward with God. Those folks that are connected to God in that special way, they're not going to take time to sit there and say, gee, I got to figure out this, this, this problem. I got to figure out how to, to deal with this. They're not going to try to fix it on their own. They're going to seek God and see what God has to say about it. 
They will have prepared themselves. That's so important to be preparing ourselves right here and now. Preparing ourselves before those trials get here, before those difficulties get here, so that we can have a better outlook already as we seek God in those times of need. That's what we need to be doing. For those people that have trusted in God, and for those people who have a relationship with him, for those people who can hear his still small voice, God has three promises. The first promise is God's strength to revive and refresh us. When we feel exhausted from suffering from a difficulty, a pain, a hurt, maybe it's a sickness and that sickness is drawing our strength away. God says, I'm here. I'm going to give you my strength. The second promise is the ability to rise above the problems, just like the eagle soars in the skies. They're not soaring in the problem. They're not in the midst of the problem. They're looking above the problem because they're in God's eyes now as they're looking down and God's showing them what they need to be doing, the direction they need to go, what it is they need to be saying. What it is they need to be doing as an act. And they're looking down in peace and comfort. They're relaxed. They're connecting with God. And that's what God wants to bring you to. That's the position he wants to bring you to. The third promise is the ability to run spiritually without getting tired. To make steady progress towards the Lord and towards the direction that he wants you to go. If he's trying to get you back on the right road, then guess what? That's the direction he wants. That's his purpose that he wants. And he wants to move you onto that back, back onto that road. That's the steady progress that he's talking about. He's talking about continuing to develop the relationship with him. It's all about our continuing to develop the relationship with him, keeping it going. Because you know what happens when we don't. The second we put the Bible aside, the second that we don't talk to God, the second that we don't get out to church, the second that we put God in second place, Satan's going to jump right in. And when Satan jumps in, guess what? We're going to be doing things Satan's way. And then we're going to be getting away from God. And that's what God doesn't want. He wants us to develop this relationship now with him so that we can move closer to him and we can embrace him. And we can have a loving relationship with him. We need to do this. We need to continue to develop that relationship with him without giving up without surrendering, especially when it seems that God's plan is being delayed. Let me assure you this thing. God's plan will never be delayed. God knows everything, and he knows exactly when to give whatever it is to you. 
He knows you what you need in a time of crisis. And God promises that if his people will patiently trust him, believe in him, expect the promises to be fulfilled in God's time, in God's ultimate desire, what's going to be best for your life, he will provide it. He'll provide whatever you need in his perfect time. It's not our time. It's his time as he desires it to be done until we are united with him again or united with him forever in heaven. That's God's promise. Let us pray. Dear we Father, we just thank you for this message. I pray that you'll touch each and every one that hears this message with a special touch, that they'll be able to see something special from you. It's an awesome thing that you promised us. It's an awesome direction that you promised us. But Lord, we are human and we are, are tempted by evil things sometimes. And we're, we're in difficult situations and we're, we're hurting sometimes. So Lord, I just pray that you'll open our minds and open our hearts and open us up. Help us to see what it is that you desire us to do. And Lord, may great and mighty things happen because of your great love and your awesome caring and your great wonderful comfort. I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you like this video, please like it and leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Until next time, may God bless you.